Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Ed and Bob Show. I'm Bob. He's Ed. Well, you're going to hear from Ed in just a moment. We're glad you're with us as we still are uh, talking about the coronavirus, the health scare going on across the world. Are we wrapping up or is it still going to linger on? Some places are having a reemergence. We'll see. You know, um, we'll talk to Ed here shortly. I think he's ready to just go back to completely to normal, which I think is, um, well, I'll give you my thoughts on that in a little while. So, all right. Uh, this uh, date that uh, we are doing this is the 21st of April. So all of the numbers, stats, uh, data you hear on this show were as of April 21st. So if you hear it, you know, in a week from now, the numbers may not be relative to what you're doing well, and, and and things you're hearing about the coronavirus. So just let you know, this is um, our uh, Ed and Bob show. It's not the regular format, but it is the uh, uh, sheltering at home version, if you will. I think this is number five. Now, as we get started here, I want to mention one thing. This past Sunday was the 25th year, uh, 25 years since the bombing of the Oklahoma City uh, Murrah building. And um, it's 168 lives were lost, 19 of them were kids. A terrible tragedy, a homegrown terrorist who should burn in hell, and he was executed, and then his partner or cohort got uh, life in prison. But uh, 25 years since that happened, and it's one of those events where everybody can kind of remember where you were when you heard about it. It was just an, an awful thing. So we want to remember that as we get started here. Dear, you remember that, remember that now, right? Or day? I remember it very well. And one thing that I think is um, interesting about that and what I was pleased about is that it was swift justice for the two. And... Um, it didn't get to last for years and years and years before he was executed. He said, I did it. Let's do it. And uh, he was executed in Oklahoma. So so it was 25 years ago this past Sunday. And uh, again, we just want, we've stopped there several times in our trips across the country at the Oklahoma City Memorial. It's quite moving. And you can see a video of that on my Facebook page, as a matter of fact, or on my Twitter as well. So let's get this Ed and Bob show going. Let's check with Mr. Brantley and see how he is doing. How's everything at your house, Ed? Well, Bob, everything at our house is just pretty much the same. It's good to be have everyone with us today, though I'll tell you that. Nice to be back again. It's a beautiful springtime, and it's all good, I think. I think it's all good. What do you think? How's things at your house? Well, at our house, Ed, I think it's about the same. We are on our 40th day of really being self-quarantined, and we've been, I mean, we'll get out and take a drive, um, but I don't know that we've really been in, I had to run uh, to the, not to grocery store, I ran somewhere one day, get gas, things like that, but we've been pretty much in the house. Yeah, the only place you went into was Home Depot, and we had ordered it, and you had to go and pick it up only at the desk. Yeah. But and you were suited up. Gloves, mask, the works, and I stayed in the car. Yeah, but nobody else. There's about 30% of the people wearing a mask. And there, I, I did have to go to Kinko's today, and there was absolutely nobody wearing a mask, gloves, anything, and they were had their kids in tow. So I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, this past weekend, the governor of Tennessee said we're going to be one of the first states to get back to normal. Is he jumping the gun or not? We'll talk more about that. Our health is uh, uh, is good. I mean, we no big problems. So um, any change in our daily routine? I don't think so, is there? 
No, we're still doing uh, getting up, uh, you know, taking our walk, etc. There, you go to go into the office and do your work. So no change. Yeah, not the office, but the office in the house. Right. Okay, and uh, food. Do we have enough food to last, or are we going to die? <laughs> we have enough food to last us another few months, if necessary. Okay, and we've ordered out uh, in the sense that they'll. We've done delivery and pickup. And uh, not too much because we've got so much food here. I have found certain things I like and certain things I'm sick of. How about you? Oh, absolutely. And what you were just saying is we have done delivery and we've done pickup, but it's been on average about once a week at the most. So, Ed, what's your favorite food during your quarantine time? Yes, luckily we haven't had any problems with food. We've ordered out pick up. Haven't had any delivery though, but just uh, we've gone to a couple of places, drive through and all of that, and the stores, of course. But my favorite food, fried chicken. <laughs> I've had enough of that. But we have tried to take out into delivery service and the drive throughs went by a Wendy's the other day. And it's just, uh, I, I don't think they've got many people working in these restaurants because the lines in the drive through are very, very long. All right, my self-quarantine, it's fine. I, I don't have any problem out here at Miller's Landing. Just watching people walk up and down the street, the dogs, and it's very beautiful spring and of course, I'm being retired. I don't have to worry about working. So there you go. My health is pretty good. I can't say that I'm the best I've ever been, but I'm all right. So not much change in my daily routine. I'm still driving around and looking at things in East Tennessee, and I enjoy that so much, going to little towns and, you know, not getting out of the car necessarily or talking to a bunch of people. But I don't, I don't see that much people wearing masks and, and worrying about it. But I do worry about the grocery stores and the people in there and, and the restaurants because they're, it's tough. I'm glad to see things are opening up, though, that's for sure. Well, now, wait a minute. I don't see a whole lot of things opening up. Uh, there's talk of it, but they're still saying Knox County and the big cities need to still, um, you know, pretty much shelter at home. So I just don't see what you're seeing, Ed. I don't see that many things opening up. The essential places are open, but... Uh, Anything that's non-essential, I haven't seen anything like that opened up yet. Okay, how are we spending our time? Um, Are we walking, reading, watching TV, learning something new? Uh, Dear, are you learning anything new? (laughs) Again, I guess we had high hopes that we would use this time for uh, self-improvement, self-learning. And I finally dusted today after 40 days, so... And so we're also doing a lot of TV. We're watching some TV, different shows, reading, um, just stuff online probably. And because I know Ed said he was reading a book. And uh, we still do our walk around the block uh, each day to try to get some exercise in. You know, as this virus is terrible, but I think some people um, may find that the experience of being at home all the time with your family in a crazy way can be possibly rewarding. So, uh, or with others, maybe it's completely miserable. You know, I see all those jokes online saying, as soon as this is over, a divorce court will be packed. But I don't know. Has this been rewarding to you, dear? It has. And um, I think it's going to be an individual uh, outlook on it then. Possibly. The... Um, I don't. I think uh, this is one of those hopefully once in a lifetime things you go through, and you'll say, you know, ten, fifteen years now. You remember when, and stuff like that. And uh, what do I miss the most? 
I guess it's just I like the routine of going to work each day and seeing people and, and things like that and working hard. So, you know. All right, Ed, so uh, you got to tell us, how are you spending your time every day? Well, I'll tell you how I spend my time. Um, I'll go do a lot of walking, do a lot of reading, don't watch a lot of TV except at night. But I like Ozark and some of those shows on Netflix. Uh, I haven't learned anything new at my age. I guess I should, but it's, uh, you know, I'm just enjoying beautiful springtime. I've noticed that I don't have the allergies that I've had before. But uh, it's been a rewarding experience for me because I've got to spend a lot of time with my granddaughter. She's here today, as a matter of fact. It's just been, it's been wonderful. So that's great. And I, I'm not going to regret the experience of staying home for such a long period of time because I do it almost every day. But I do like to get out with people. I'm kind of a people person. But I, I, when I get out and I see sad things like at restaurants and the, and the grocery stores where they don't have, uh, the people aren't working that much, I guess that's what I miss the most is the camaraderie. But I, th- I tell you what, you've got some good things coming up here. You know, talking about, I saw where uh, the Shaker Shack has returned a $10 million loan. They got money from someplace else. And I don't like this new normal. I like the old normal, you know. This new normal is not any good. But we'll see. It's it's coming down to an end. I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I noticed that uh, their FDA has approved us at-home self-test. I think a lot of us have already had this coronavirus. There was a lot of people really sick here in East Tennessee during the last few months. Um, my wife's a nurse, and she saw a lot of this, you know, the, the chest and the cough and couldn't get rid of the cough and low fever. I think we've already had it, to be honest with you. I think it's gone around a lot. So, you know, I'm glad that the states are reopening the economy. We're getting back to business and getting back to fun. Disney has furloughed 100,000 theme park and hotel workers in this, during this shutdown. And that's going to kill Orlando. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I've got to, I know you've got more news on that, so what's the latest numbers, Bob? Okay, Mr. Brantley, we'll get into some numbers here. Uh, dear, you want to hit the numbers first, and I've got some over here myself. Uh, yeah, um, what was curious to me is uh, since yesterday, because this world data comes out of how many deaths there's been since the day before, and the U.S., uh, just over 2,500 deaths, or I should say actually closer to 2,600 deaths. So on average, about 50 people per state have died since yesterday from the coronavirus. I know it's not every state. I said on average, about 50 people. So I do get concerned about this early, hey, we're going to everyone go go out. So we, we do have some numbers that are still significant at the 2,500 mark. Um, in the United States, well, worldwide, we have um, just over 2.5 million as far as total cases, 815,000 of those have been in the United States. And total deaths, uh, 177 million. I'm sorry, 177,000 with uh, just over 45,000 in the United States. All right, so those are some numbers. And remember, all this is as of April 21st. If you're hearing this at a later date, they may not be relevant. And quickly, the things, the numbers I've gone over several times, um, that you get from the uh, government. And this is on the edandbob.com page. It'll tell you exactly how to go if you want to look up these numbers that I'm getting ready to go over. The United States, six days past the peak, 
Uh, there's a shortage of 8,000, a little bit over 8,000 beds, a shortage of a little over 9,000 ICU beds. Uh, 16,631 ventilators are needed, and there is a projection of a total deaths between the very first one to August 4th in the United States of 60,308. But now you said there in the in the United States right now, what's the total number of deaths? 45,097. Okay. So, you know, so we're expecting another 15,000, 20,000 people possibly die between now and August 4th. May we make a difference and flatten that curve? Numbers for New York, which has been like the focal point in the United States, five days they're past their peak. They're showing a shortage of beds of over 4,000, ICU beds over 5,000. They say they need 5,578 ventilators, a far cry from the 40,000 he was wanting, the governor there. And they expect deaths between the first one and August 4th of 21,812. California. Five days past their peak, no shortage of beds in the hospital or the ICU. They say they need just over 500 ventilators, and they expect 1,658 deaths um, total uh, up until August 4th. And then here in the state of Tennessee, where Ed and I live, uh, where 6.7 million people live, we're seven days past the peak, no shortage of beds or ICU, and ventilators 63 Ventilators are needed, and they are projecting between the first and August, the first death all the way through to August 4th, 231 people succumbing to this coronavirus. And, you know, 231 people out of 6.7 million people in the United in the state of Tennessee, uh, I mean, that's pretty low. Uh, I, I hope we do not have a resurgence of this because I see a lot of people just, honestly, when I went to Kinko's today, it's just like, we're back to normal. They looked at me with my mask and my gloves like I was an idiot. And I, I, I don't know what to make of that. Well, I make of it that you are not an idiot and that you are smart. And we are going to continue on our way until we know that it is safe to start integrating ourselves into everyday normal life. Well, in this past weekend, I mean, already four states have jumped in here, Tennessee and Georgia. So right here where we live, you know, the... the the governor came out and he said the state can open up, you know, as early as this weekend. But then he said the four main cities that should stay sheltering in place. But I don't think anybody heard that. They just said, oh, the state of Tennessee, it's open. Here we go. Also, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas saying they are going to reopen early. I see protests in Michigan and California on the government being too strict. Are they? Aren't they? If there's a resurgence of this virus. Nobody will think he may was too strict. Another thing that troubled me was there are like Virginia, they are now just in the recent few weeks, they enacted new gun control laws. Yet, you see what going on, what's going on across the United States is they're releasing prisoners. I'm not sure those two go together. Uh, as for the plan that the president put forth to reopen the economy, I think it's very doable, actually. It looked like it was done in three different phases, and it calls for a lot of uh, oversight. And I, I thought it was good, and he was leaving it up to the governor. So, Yeah, it, it's methodical. It's not just like phase one, we're going to open up and see what happens. It's you, step one, step two, step three of phase one, and then you have to complete step one, step two, step three of phase two, and so on. All right, Ed, let's see. Let's go back out to Mr. Brantley. And I'm seeing a lot of people talking about some people are on their death certificate. 
they're listing coronavirus on everything, even if you die of something else. And I've heard stories of that. I don't know if it's true or not. Ed, what do you know? Well, I don't know that it's going to make any difference, Bob. But, you know, if you get hit by a bus and they take you to the hospital and they discover that you've had coronavirus, then later you die from your injuries of being hit by the bus, they must put on your death certificate that you died from the coronavirus. That doesn't make sense because it was the bus that killed you. Doesn't seem right to me. But some people died from other causes, but are being assessed dying from the virus. So I think the virus has been with us for a while. Uh, the, the thing that bothers me is the nursing homes. You know, the nursing homes are being hit exceptionally hard. I had a friend whose grandfather died yesterday in a nursing home. And the first thing I thought of was coronavirus. And uh, he assured me it wasn't. But, you know, it, that, that's the first thing you think of when you talk about a nursing home. But I'll tell you one thing that this nursing home thing has done is the national news. I mean, it is nothing but coronavirus, and it's nothing but New York City. The rest of the country is not as hard as New York City. So I don't understand why it's all that. But anyway, we got deaths. And the protests in Michigan, California, and the government being too strict. Also here in Tennessee, there was protests in Knoxville to, to let it loose. And uh, I think we do need to let it loose. I think we're way too strict on this deal. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's okay to let it loose. I mean, we can limit the number of people that go in a restaurant. You can limit the number of people that go in a grocery store. You can limit the number of people going to a movie theater. You don't have to sit beside each other. In Denmark, they've opened the schools, but the kids are sitting at separate tables. That's okay. We've got to get back to business. We've got to. And the, the gun control laws being enacted in Virginia, while well, some states are releasing prisoners. Well, you know, it's up to the states what to do, but I wouldn't let any prisoners out for any reason. And the president's plan for reopening the economy seems to be working pretty well. I don't think he's going to get credit for it. You know, it's just, it's just going to be a um, terrible election, I'm afraid. But I've got a question for you, Bob. Do you think all the visibility and press that the Vice President Pence has been getting is setting him up to be elected president in 2024? Well, Ed, personally, I think Mike Pence has been getting a lot of visibility, uh, a lot of press leading this task force. And, yeah, I I think he comes off as a really um, straight shooter and – He's no Trump by any means, but uh, I think he's a viable candidate for 2024. I really do. Um, you know, a lot of the states, especially the state of Tennessee, depends on income tax to pay its bills. And sales tax revenues, even in a lot of cities that depend on uh, sales tax as the way to pay their bills, they're going to suffer. They're way down. And I, I, I don't know if we're going to see... Cities raise um, their property taxes to make a difference. I don't know what a state can do uh, unless they assess a one-time tax or something. And, and boy, how popular would that be? Uh, The projected numbers of beds, ICU beds, deaths, the things we went over. And the reality is that the real numbers are being coming out well below the predicted numbers. And um, a lot of people are saying, well, is that, that's because of the mitigation that Americans did. And then some people said that the press and the government, all they did was predict doom and gloom, and those numbers were not real to start with. And I do think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think the, uh, the government, if, if they had 
not projected some wild numbers, then uh, nobody would have paid any attention. And then if a lot of people, uh, if millions of people had died, they would never be elected again the rest of their life. So I think people like to be um, pessimistic because it makes them look better in the end when the numbers are a lot lower. And I think that... um, uh, I think the mitigation things that people have done, I think Americans have grasped it. Haven't what do you think, dear? Well, um, talking about wild numbers, I think the numbers were all the conclusions of data. So I don't think they were wild numbers. It was a reality. If you don't do this, this is the reality. And um, I don't think that they were being pessimistic. I think they were being more realistic. But they clamped down and said, this is what we need to do. So, so Ed, tell us what uh, you think. What's your take on all these numbers? Have Americans done a great job, or is there an exaggeration of doom and gloom? Well, I think Americans have done a good job, and I think there was a huge exaggeration of doom and gloom from different parts of the country. I mean, there's no reason for the folks in Tennessee to have the same doom and gloom that they have in New York City. It's just not the same thing. But the projected numbers of shortage of beds, ICU beds, deaths, The reality is that the real numbers are well below the predicted numbers, even here in Tennessee. And I think it's, yes, it's part because of what Americans did, but it's also a part of the, you know, so many people thought, well, this is going to be it. We're at the end of the world, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. And it hasn't been at all. So, you know, for most people, even if you get this, it's not a death sentence. So we we can make it through this okay. Mike Pence in 2024, I just don't see it. No, I don't think he has a personality. He certainly doesn't have the... I don't see it. I think somebody else is going to come forward, be the Republican uh, candidate, and uh, we'll just have to see. But I'm afraid Mike Pence, unless something changes, I don't think he's going to get any credit for doing all this because Trump won't let anyone else have any credit, (laughs) that's for sure. He's, He's pretty much the man in charge, and he won't let anybody else hardly even talk. I feel sorry for that poor little doctor... That's uh, the short guy at the podium. Uh, it, he just doesn't get a chance to really get with it, but he's doom and gloom too. Uh, our sales tax revenues are down, of course, but we've got a surplus in Tennessee, and we can live with that surplus, and we can live with what we have. Yeah, the same thing's true with, with the people that work here and your job. Uh, I haven't received any stimulus money. I don't know if you have yet or not, but I'm, some people have, and they're already out there spending it. Can't wait to go spend it. Don't save it. Go spend it, spend it, spend it. But that's the American way, I guess. But there's been reports that this virus started in a lab in China. If that turns out to be true, how could the rest of the world, how should the rest of the world react? Should you get upset at China? Hey, I haven't received any uh, stimulus money. So me and you are in the same boat, but I'm sure we'll be fine without it. Uh, You know, the stories of this virus starting in a lab in China and then somehow getting out. Honestly, I think if that's the case, there's a huge responsibility and liability on the country of China. Um, I think they'd be open to to being sued by every country in the world who has had to suffer through this virus. I, I, I would hate for that to be true. But then I don't trust China as far as we can all throw them. It's a communist country. They mistreat their people. Um, You know, 
it's a sad state of affairs there. But that few people there in China, uh, you know, they they control a whole lot of people. And I hope that's not the case. But if it is, then they um, they should suffer whatever uh, justice there is that's laid on them. And Ed, I don't know if you know this or not. It's 196 days away. The presidential election only 196 days away. Does does I mean was there going to be enough politicking going on between now and then? Will the Democrats have enough time to get their candidate out there and rally around them? I I, I don't I tell you what it's it's a strange thing. I, I have a feeling uh, anybody that's running against an incumbent will have a tough time here um, in this election because you don't. You can't get out and do the normal things. There's, and whatever rallies Trump had, he's already had a lot of them. And the stock market has climbed a lot in the past month. And a lot of people wonder, will it step back and have a couple of, uh, I mean, just back into a recession? And I really don't think so. I think, as Trump has said, this is a manufactured recession, basically. And I think once everything gets back to working and everybody gets back to their jobs that are still there. I think you are going to see the stock market take off. Now, does that mean there's not going to be ups and downs over the next four or five months? No, I think you'll have some of them just as things ebb and flow. And then what about this gas? You know, they've got so much oil, not gas, but oil in the world. They've got no place to put it, so they're having to pay. You know, well, there's a squeeze there within this, in the stock market itself where people have bought the futures on oil and they're stuck with it, and they've got no place to put this oil. So it's going to be a strange thing for 30 or 40 days for oil. All right, let's get back to Ed. So um, let's. I'm asking you, Ed, do you think the economy will take off when, like Trump has predicted, or you think it's going to be tough uh, here in the United States or in the world until maybe a vaccine or a, a real treatment is found for the coronavirus. Well, the economy is going to be fine, I think. We're in for some tough times. Some biz- some businesses are going- just going to go out of business. There's just no way around it. Uh, and it's no fault of themselves, except they maybe didn't capitalize enough. But uh, the big companies are going to be fine. And, uh, you know, they just came out with an at-home test for this virus. And I'm sure the vaccine is just around the corner. So there'll be treatments found. The stock market is almost back where it was, and and I think it's going to be up and down. I'm afraid the stock market is not a good good not a good uh, barometer the way the country is. Uh, of course, the evening news is not either. But the presidential election is just 196 days away. Is that enough time for the Democrats to rally behind their candidate? <laughs> well, they're going to have quite a job getting past Trump and. Pence and what's going on now. They're doing a good job. Okay, well, what businesses will suffer the most and which ones will thrive? I'll tell you what, I did see this, Bob. You won't have to spend $1,000 on a phone anymore. Thanks to Apple, Samsung, Motorola, and Google, the the $1,000 smartphone era for the mass market is over because Right now, Apple's debuted a revived SE model, which is pretty much every feature you'd want in a phone, with the exception of a super fancy camera and higher resolution. But we're talking about a price difference of $600. The SE is $399, while the iPhone 11 Pro starts at $999. So all of these all these phone companies are getting a much 
less expensive model, and I think that's going to help things too. How about it? iPhones being a third of what they used to cost at $1,000, I think you're just trying to hurt my feelings because I did get a new iPhone about a year ago. So uh, I think you're just trying to throw some salt in the wound. But, you know, Apple is one of those companies that I think is going to always do well, especially if they're now selling. They used to sell some of these phones for $1,000. Now they're selling them for 300 So I think you ought to go out and get one. And maybe you could include me on that and give it to me for, you know, a late birthday gift or something. Seriously, talking about the businesses that have suffered and which ones have thrived, um, mom and pops, yeah, they've suffered. Restaurants. Would, dear, when you think clothing and department stores probably suffered? Absolutely, just because uh, the malls have closed. And I see something every day of 60% off, 75% off. I should have done that, but I didn't feel like shopping. And I think Amazon and places where you can order online have done really, really well. Um, Yes, I think people that didn't or weren't even familiar with Amazon got to know Amazon in the last 40 days. And you know something else that did well? Gun stores. Yes. I read about that. I mean people when when they don't know the what's getting ready to happen in the world they want to be able to protect themselves and um thank gosh we can well and that's true that's why you know um when they were laying a lot of prisoners out of uh prison uh that does give you a little cause for concern um but i think cash flow is really the story here if a company had enough cash flow to sustain themselves that's the key. And, and restaurants, which are a very marginal business, they suffer greatly and because they don't keep big cash reserves back. Uh, and I think you'll, you may see a lot of restaurants that are going to go out of business uh, unless they make big loans and um, use the president's payroll protection plan, things like that. Um, let's see. Other questions we have on the list here. Uh, did white-collar businesses coming out of this with the ability to work at home efficiently? Well, that is a good point. You know, a lot of businesses that are able to now work at home, they really weren't prepared to do that. And a lot of them with these with Zoom and uh, Blue Jean and all these various, um, what do you call them, uh, video conferencing software They've now enabled a lot of businesses to follow through and realize they, some of their staff can work at home. And you, you may see a lot of that going on in the future. So it's been a huge learning curve for them. I uh, think that millennials had figured that out just a little bit. And maybe major stream America had not because um, we have a child that's a millennial. And he has friends that when they do their contracts and get new jobs, they'll say, well, I get two days a week from working at home. And to me, it always blew my mind. Like, how could you do that? And now everyone's working from home and they're making it work. Next on the list, advice for young adults whose careers may have been affected by this virus. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you get right out of school, um, whether it be high school or college, you were planning on going to work, starting your career, and then this happens. And a lot of businesses let people go, furloughed people, things. You know, I I don't know. I mean, this is America, land of opportunity for sure. And you just have to get back in there. Listen, if anything, it's not reassuring for me, but uh, there's going to be more people dying in America from being elderly and baby boomers just because they're old than ever in the history of the United States. And so... There's going to be more opportunity 
for young people to replace those people in the jobs. I'm not trying to be morbid, just a fact of life that, uh, you know, that baby boomers are getting older and they're passing, and it's a fact of life. All right, Ed, your thoughts on how business has been affected? What do you think? My advice for young adults whose careers have been affected by this virus is to just keep working and, and uh, look for positive things to do. Uh, spend time with your family. Take advantage of this. But, you know, I don't think that a lot of people are going to end up working at home more efficiently than they were at a business. But the business that suffered the most is the travel industry to me. Uh, I think, and the oil industry, boy, you know, oil prices are below the median now. You know, it's, it's, you have to pay someone to take the oil. There's no place in America and in the world where they can store the oil that they've been pumping. So they're just, they're just basically giving it away right now. But we won't see it at the pump, of course. That won't happen. But I think some things, you know, uh, even the fast food restaurants that I thought would do so well have not done that well. But we'll make it through this. It's, uh, it's just, it's almost over. You know, Governor Lee has already postponed and quit the safer at home order that he did. So April the 30th is going to be the end of that. And you can go out and do your thing and go shopping and enjoy life. And I'm so glad. And I, Bob, I want our show to get back to the way it was. Can we back, go back to the old format and uh, get away from this virus thing? So I'm ready to do that, too. So it's always great to be with you, and I appreciate you so much, buddy. Thank you. You have a good day. Oh, so Ed, Ed's ready just to get back to normal completely. We'll see if we still do another sheltering at home episode. Sounds like Ed's tired of them. So we shall see. But uh, parting thoughts, um, you know, as we wrap it up here, remember all the facts and the stats and numbers you heard on this show were as of April 21st. And we just want everybody to be safe and healthy. I've noticed that a lot of people have already jumped back to normal. They're not wearing gloves, masks, anything that I've seen uh, in the last day or two. So it's very strange for everybody just to, maybe they're frustrated and they had enough of it. And they think, you know, there's going to be 231 deaths in the state of Tennessee from the coronavirus. And that's probably less than the flu. So I, I understand a little bit of that. But, well, you know, I just think everybody has to find their own uh, comfort zone and do what you think is best for you and your family. But let's do eventually get back to work but let's also be careful as we do it right dear absolutely look at the facts the data and um as you said i think people are going hey tennessee has uh lower stats it's fine for us to go out but you have to be smart about it well we don't want a reemergence of this coronavirus that's going to do it the ed and bob show for the april 21st episode and we hope that you stay safe take care of your family and your uh hope you get back to work soon if that's what you're anxious to do but if you are staying at home stay safe stay healthy we'll see you next time how lucky can one guy be I kissed her and she kissed me Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The room was completely black I hugged her and she hugged back Like the sailor said Folk, ain't that a hole in the boat My head keeps spinning I go to sleep and keep 